Good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We are glad that you are with us. We continue tonight our thoughts from this morning on overcoming limitations and disabilities. And just to kind of review us a little bit on what we've already talked about, we go back to the beginning of our lesson and we talked about some different types of disabilities, some different ways that, that people are limited in what they can do. And we found out that some of these limitations are physical in nature. They, they affect the physical body. We have those that, that are unable to walk, talk, see, hear, or maybe they're just simply not able to do these things well. And so physically they are limited. We also talked a little bit about mental limitations. Um, disabilities that affect the mind. And we know that, that some have a, a limited mental capacity and and that's one way that, that, that people suffer. And maybe it's just a difference in the way that they see things. We have uh, different types of, of mental challenges that, that people face. Down syndrome, autism, dyslexia, ADHD, ADD. All of these things are, are things that affect the mind. Some we, we also talked about uh, lead to outbursts at, at times when, when normally things would be quiet. And we talked about how that affects our worship and how they should be treated. Ultimately, when we think about how to treat others, we, we think of the golden rule. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Matthew 7, 12, and also Matthew 22 and verse 39. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We, we've talked about the source of disabilities. Uh, the source is not God. The source of disabilities is not God. But we also find that, that the source of disabilities is, is also not sin. As we looked at the man that had been born blind, Jesus said of him, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him it is the reason for his blindness. It was a way in which glory would be brought to God, that his power would be shown in his life. And so we do find uh, that to, to be the case, but sin is not the reason that some suffer in the way that they do. But as we look at what the source actually is, we find that the source of disabilities, the source of suffering is Satan. As we looked at, at Job and, and the things that he suffered, and yet he did not sin. But where did these things come from? They didn't come from God. God did not inflict punishment on Job in any way. It was Satan that was allowed to do so. And so Satan, we see, is the source of these limitations 
and disabilities. He uses adversity to turn us away from serving God. But we can overcome Him. We can overcome the temptation and we can remain faithful no matter what we may face. But tonight we, we pick up in point number three in our lesson. There's purpose that is found in disabilities. Purpose found in disabilities. There, there are five different things that, that I have listed that I'll share with you. That, that may be a reason, that, that may be a purpose that someone is disabled or limited in some way. Sometimes when we look at disabilities, we find that they are a means of preserving life. A means of preserving life. And I want to use the, the example of Mephibosheth. Does anybody know who Mephibosheth is? Mephibosheth is found in 2 Samuel and we begin in, in chapter 4 tonight in verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4. And here it says, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. Now as we look at the, the context of what we're reading, we're going to find that David wants to care for any of Saul's descendants. This is past the death of Saul and Jonathan and the, the things that, that transpired in that regard. We see that David becomes king and so David wants to care for anyone that may be left in Saul's household and here he's going to find Mephibosheth. But Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. We see that, that he became lame not because he was born that way, but because as his nurse was carrying, uh, trying to get him out, that somehow in all of this haste, in all of the hurry, he fell and he became lame. But it was a, a means of preserving his life. And she could have left him there and he would have died. But we see that he lived. But he lived on lame. Despite the fact that he had become lame, his life had been preserved, and David saw him as deserving a royal treatment. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, and beginning with verse 6, 2 Samuel chapter 9 and beginning with verse 6. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. 
So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant? that you should look upon such a dead dog as I. That's how Mephibosheth saw himself. Why would he refer to himself as a dead dog? Because he was lame. And because, uh, I'm assuming for the most part, that, that those who were disabled were seen as, as pretty well worthless in the sight of society. And even as he looked at himself, he saw himself as worthless, as worth as much as a dead dog. Though others would have found him useless and undesirable, David blessed him and provided for his needs. Those struggling with disabilities may see themselves in a similar way as Mephibosheth looked upon himself. They may see themselves as worthless in comparison to those with full abilities, those who are, are, are able to do almost as they wish. But we need to understand that even those with disabilities, just as David looked at Mephibosheth, we should see them as just as worthy of life as any. And they are. Their lives are worth living. Seeing that God has given them life. We also find purpose in disabilities in that it helps with the development of dependence on God. It helps with the development of dependence on God. Something that we as Christians all need. We all need to depend on God. All of us need God's love and guidance. But for those with disabilities, it is easier for them to depend on Him as they have already learned how to depend on others. That they've learned what it means to truly be dependent. You know, most of us, we really take comfort and we take pleasure in knowing that we are independent. In knowing that we can take care of ourselves. But no matter how independent we may be, we need God. And I will tell you that it is harder for someone who is, is almost fully independent to place their trust and faith in God. They want to do everything themselves. Whereas someone who, who has some disability, who is already dependent on 
others for certain things, they can understand what it truly means to depend on God and we all need God. Paul is a good example of this. Paul, we understand, he suffered from what he referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And while we do not know what that thorn in the flesh was, there's a lot of speculation. There are some who speculate that it was his eyesight, that that was a thorn in his flesh. Some speculate that, it, that maybe it was something else. But no matter what that thorn in the flesh might have been, it taught him dependence on God. Look for a moment at 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and beginning with verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh... A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. In verse 9, And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's thorn in the flesh taught him dependence on God. And it was answered him from God. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Where we might be weak, we are strong in the Lord. And where we are strong... We are actually weak in the Lord. When we look to physical strength or, or, or the strength of this world or something that the, the world defines as strength, we lose sight of the power and might of God. We serve a mighty God. One who is mighty to save us but only if we are willing to humble ourselves before Him and submit to His will in obedience. Another benefit, if you will, of disabilities or limitations is that they help in the development of patience. They help to teach us patience. Patience in knowing that our sufferings on earth 
are only temporary. Doesn't matter how how difficult life may be on this earth, it is temporary. It will only last for a short time, and these things will be over. In Romans chapter 8, beginning with verses verse 18. Romans 8, verses 18 through 25. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We persevere in this life. We continue on in this life because we know that the disabilities, the limitations that we have, the, the, the sufferings that we face, we know all of it is only temporary. And as the song that we sang before the lesson says, heaven will surely be worth it all. We cannot see it, but it makes us long for it all the more. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. They last. They will not pass away as the things of this life do. We are patiently waiting for an eternal home in which suffering will cease. Revelation 21, beginning with verse 1. Revelation 21. Now I see a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. 
and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. We wait for a home. Maybe mostly because of what is said to be there. But maybe even more so because of what will not be there. No more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. The things of this life will have passed away. And behold, everything is new. Though we may not understand how, some disabilities are used for God's glory. Look with me at John chapter 9. Let's begin reading at verse 1. John 9 and verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, He saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And in verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. In verse 10, Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. We skip all the way down to verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, 
and it is He who is talking with you. Then He said, Lord, I believe. And He worshipped Him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be be made those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Because of Jesus' miracles, by faith his true nature as God's Son was revealed and God was glorified in his weakness. However, many who thought they knew him refused him, such as the Pharisees. But God's glory was revealed through this man's blindness to those who believed by faith. They could see the power of God and the healing that Jesus provided. Others' disabilities reveal the thoughts and feelings, the heart of men. Some are thoughtful and encouraging while others lack such consideration of those less fortunate than themselves. The heart of each is revealed in their treatment of those who suffer. What does God expect from His people? What does God expect from Christians? Let's go back to the Old Testament. In Leviticus 19, Verses 13 and 14. Leviticus 19 and verse 13. You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until the morning. In verse 14. You shall not curse the deaf. Nor put a stumbling block before the blind. But shall fear your God. I am the Lord. And we move into the New Testament in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Then he also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they, they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Do you ever invite someone to something good that you're doing because you know that you might get something out of it? What Jesus is saying here is not to invite those who can repay us in some way, but invite those be kind to those. Be considerate of those who cannot repay. And you'll receive your reward and the judgment. Through the actions of His people, God's love is revealed to all. When we treat others with kindness, 
We are revealing the light of Christ to the world. Matthew 5.16 Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In Matthew 25 verse 37 Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. As we look at, at, at those in the church especially, those who are in need, when we supply their needs, when we do good, we are doing it not just to them, but also to Christ. And likewise, for the one who lacks compassion, his heart is revealed also, and for his actions on earth, he will be judged. Verse 44 of Matthew 25, Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, our heart is revealed in the way that we treat those less fortunate than ourselves. Whether it be good or whether it be bad, our heart is revealed. Not just to those around us, but especially to God. Let's look for a moment also at the utilization of disabilities. The utilization of disabilities. Those suffering from limitations or disabilities become examples to those around them. Those suffering from similar disabilities are able to empathize. And those who see how others deal with their sufferings can be encouraged. Uh, look again for a moment at Job 2 in verses 9 and 10. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? And all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And he is an example of how we should deal with suffering. He is an example of one who overcame the challenges that his life brought him. And we understand that we can overcome too. And we can remain faithful. And again, Paul's dealing with his thorn in the flesh. He, he didn't allow it to slow him down. He didn't allow it to stop him. He continued 
in the work of the kingdom. He continued encouraging others. And what an example Paul was, despite the things that he faced. So those who do suffer from disabilities can be an encouragement and a light to others. The usage of gifts. And we may not think of, of disabilities or limitations as being gifts. But remember what we talked about earlier this morning about how disabilities are also referred to as different abilities. And those with different abilities must discover what those abilities are and how they can be used for the kingdom. A man who is blind may still be a great song leader, great singer. Moses cited difficulty of speech as a reason for not leading God's people. But what was it that God told him in Exodus chapter 4 and verses 11 and 12? So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God will be with us. God will care for us as long as we remain faithful, as long as we desire to do His will. God is with us. Just as He promised Moses that He would be with him in leading his people. He made good on that promise. And it's much the same for us today. All of us. This is a lesson not just for those with different abilities, but it's a lesson for all of us and that all of us have a duty to find out what we are capable of and to use our gifts for God's glory. It is the duty of every man and woman in the kingdom to find out what we are capable of and to use our abilities, to use our gifts as God would see fit. We read of Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus. After she had anointed Jesus' head with fragrant oil, what is said of her in Mark 14 and verse 8? She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. She has done what she could. You may not have 10,000 talents or gifts or abilities, in the kingdom. But even if you only have one. Remember the, 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 the servants with the talents. You have the, the ten and, and the five and the one. Even the one talent man, or maybe it was two talents, I don't remember which one it was. Two, ten, two, and yeah, or five, two, and one. And they increased their talents to be ten. And they doubled them. 
But even the one talent man, this is my point, the one talent man had an ability. He had something that he was capable of doing something with. And what did he do with that talent? He buried it in the ground. And was the Lord pleased when he returned? She has done what she could. Can that be said of you? Have you also done what you could? There are some who have, who have set a, a great example for us. Fanny J. Cosby, at only about six weeks old, caught some kind of a, a cold and, as she thought, was blinded due to the treatment that she was given. But she didn't let her blindness stop her. She wrote more than 8,000 poems, songs, and hymns. And to this day is considered one of the greatest influences on congregational singing in America. Among other things that she was able to do. Anna the prophetess in Luke 2 verses 36 and 37. Though she was a widow of 84 years... It says that she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And Paul, despite obstacles such as weak vision and imprisonment, wrote many letters to churches and individuals encouraging them to remain faithful. Some were written by his own hand, as we read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 11, and some were written by the hand of others, Romans 16 and verse 22. But he continued to be an encouragement, and he is a good example for us today. Certain disability. Those with certain diminished abilities often have enhanced abilities in other ways. Those unable to see may have other enhanced senses such as smell and hearing. Those who are socially awkward may be highly skilled in art and music and things of that nature. Those who look and act different are not always accepted by their peers. But might they contribute something to our society? Those with Down syndrome bring fun, happiness, and a carefree nature to us, don't they? They help us to see the world through different eyes, through different lenses. Those with autism usually have a central focus upon something special to them, and they may actually be geniuses in, in what they know. Those who have their own special gifts and in ways we cannot understand, they may even show an increased faith in God and His promises to all. All of these are, are good examples for us to notice. Whenever we look at, at disabilities, most of the time we see someone who is different. Someone who is lacking. Someone may seem not worth a whole lot. But they are worth a lot in the eyes of God. 
may not have many abilities even in our own lives but what abilities we have God wants us to use them in the right way are you using your different abilities in a way that brings glory and honor to God or are you hiding them away Are you a Christian? Child of God? Do you need to obey the gospel? Do you need to come back? Do you need to come in repentance, asking for prayer, for forgiveness? Is your life in some way broken? As the song says, if you have any need, if there's anything that we can help you with, bring Christ to your broken life. Bring it to us. Let us help you. Together we stand and as we sing.